tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This this is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. And if you want a new car, truck, SUV, you have to go over to Jermaine Toyota and check them out. Amazing deal right now on the Tacoma. Just $259 per month for 39 months with no money down. Or the Corolla, $188 per month with no money down. If you qualify, those offers are good for you. Do what I did. Go visit Jermaine Toyota just east of downtown at 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or online at JermaineToyota.net. Check it out on the line. Um, the line. All right, so uh, Adam Rittenberg put this together. Here are the coaching hires that have been made, and we'll do we'll go school, hire, and then grade that he assigned, and if we agree or disagree. Let's start in Tennessee. Josh Heupel, speaking of UCF, he is the new coach at Tennessee. Uh, Rittenberg gives it a C at Tennessee. Higher, lower, fair. Mm. Um, I think that's fair. I don't know... <sighs> I'm trying to think of a way to word this. I, I don't know. Like Josh Heupel and Tennessee doesn't move the needle for me. Um, yeah. And they don't get their number one choice at D coordinator. They, or their second or their third. Right. So it's it's kind of they're kind of at a spot where did I'll put it this way, did Vols fans even expect to be here with a new coach in year twenty twenty one? Right? I'll, remember all no. the talk about Pruitt and they're finally on a yep. you know, a path and they're making the right and then all of a sudden that that, oh, yeah. that went downhill fast. So I'm okay with seeing it because I don't want to judge Josh Heupel as a coach just based on the overall situation. You know, like he could be a very good coach. It's a tough spot, but it's a tough spot. Yeah, I, I would go. I think I'm going to go B minus here from the standpoint of to me this can't help but be better than Pruitt. Just from the standpoint of Jeremy Pruitt, there was no path for him in my view for any sort of sustained success based on people that I know who had who know the way that that guy operates. So this is better than that. Heupel will run the spread, and that will be something that maybe you can recruit to a little bit at Tennessee, and and maybe that you got a chance there. I don't know. We'll see. I'll go slightly higher. Texas, Steve Sarkeesian, A minus at Texas. Boy, love it. Rittenberg loves it. Um, I, I look. I, I think that the only way you could have done better is if you could have convinced Urban Meyer um, to go there. That's why I can't I, give it an A. Yep, I will go <laughs> B plus. Yeah, I will go B plus. Um, Look, and I, I said this yesterday with the idea of you know Malik Murphy landing there, you know the number yep. two QB in twenty two. Um, that sure, that's great. But if you don't forget, like Herman had this juice early too. I got to see him beat Oklahoma twice, and I got to see it sure. actually go on the field. So all this stuff off the field, great, it's awesome. But until you dethrone the Sooners, I'm not really buying into it. So. All I have the judge on right now is that Sark had a, a really good year with unbelievable talent at Alabama. Yep. And I don't know how to judge whether that's just, hey, we had better talent than people versus, hey, um, this is him kind of getting a second crack at a head coach, and I think he's learned lessons. It could be a little bit of both. I will say this. Some of the scheme he did against us was brilliant. 
was absolutely brilliant. Does it work as successfully without all the five stars out there? I, I don't know. Again, but um, so I'm gonna go B plus. Yeah, I, I think it has to be a B because I think when you fire Herman, the idea is you're getting Urban. And that's yes. what the fan base thought. Yeah. And there's yeah. a big difference between Urban and Sark. Um, yeah. Sark is going to have some ability, certainly, to recruit. And you saw that with the Murphy uh, commitment. I'm sure that's not going to stop him from pounding down the doors for Quinn Ewers, whose commitment here must be very strong. Uh, but this could help reverse psychology, too. Look, we got another five-star quarterback. We don't need you. Um, and if it's Ewers' dream school, maybe maybe that changes things a little bit. But the you're right. It, it'll be not only beating Oklahoma for him, but it'll be not losing to the teams you shouldn't, because that's what Herman did. Herman lost to the teams he shouldn't, and he also showed a, a stunning lack of maturity. Just stunning. Right. Um, for a guy that you thought was poised for that job, like he did a lot of nonsense. A lot of nonsense. Yeah. That was Immaturity, really lack of leadership. Really surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Harson at Auburn. I, I, income, I have no idea. <laughs> they get, he gives it a B. I've, beats me. I don't know. Do you have anything yeah. on that one? No, I got nothing. No, Bielema. Yeah, I, I can't even. I can't even think on where the hell he was before this. Where was he again? Wasn't he at Boise? Boise sure. State. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I no mean, idea. that's a. That's so a so tough how spot. that he's been so he's familiar that down reporter there, at still. UCF needed to go to Auburn and say, "Can you handle the pressure? Can you handle the pressure? That's a logical, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's the question. Yeah. You think? Imagine going from Boise State to Auburn. Just can what you, that, now sir? You know you're used to there, you're used to man. chipping on the outside, saying, "Hey, look at us. We deserve to be in the party. We're at Boise State, and we're good." To um, yeah. beat Saban, smoke beat Saban. Yeah, beat Saban with Bielema at Illinois. Uh, Rittenberg gives a B plus. Um, I, I'd give it a I'd give it a B, B minus. Um, I do think that he can give them some kind of identity. I just don't. They're, they're starting so far at the bottom. I don't know. I guess the only place you can go at Illinois is up, right? I mean, right? I mean, I hope it's not it his fault. No. I'm surprised he took this job because yeah. knowing this league, I'm surprised he didn't wait it out yeah. and hopefully get a shot at Iowa, which yeah. would, I would assume would be his dream job. Um, this is a hard, hard job. We all know it. But I do think that the idea that they were able to hire him is pretty remarkable. Yeah. So, like, from their standpoint, to be able to go from they paid Lovey Smith a bunch of money and it didn't amount to much from a wins perspective and they had a lot of patience to yeah. now to get Bielema, who is a salesman and will bring a level of toughness and will have there will be an identity there. I don't think you can win there, but I think it's I'd give this one about an A minus. I'm really surprised, buddy, that he didn't wait it out for Iowa or some a different job in this league, even Nebraska. Because Scott, at this rate, can't be on there that long. Um, yeah. So, to me, Illinois is just a really hard job for him. And you're, you, if you're him, you, can you get out of this alive? Mm. Mm. And I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. But I tell you what, it, to have a guy who's that competitive and yeah. back in the Big Ten, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I just wanted him at because he's such a delightful villain. Yes, you know, I just he wanted is. him at a place where he could. You know, stand a counterpunch a little bit, and I just to me Illinois is that'd be great. You nowhere can go do a little alley oop with the Illabuck on on top of his head. Yeah. You know, just dunk on him at fifty so, yard line. He was such a good villain, man. We had it so good at that era when he was at Wisconsin and Bo Ryan was at Wisconsin. Yeah, because they were both so hateable. Like it yeah. was so great, and they coached teams that were good. 
So it was, you know, there was something to it, a little juice to it, and I just don't sense that ever happening uh, with Illinois football. On the basketball hardwood, we are getting closer certainly to March, a couple weeks away. Big couple of weeks for the Buckeye basketball team as they have their sights on a one seed. Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News, Fox Sports will join us coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Time for the Chris Holtman Daily Show. Brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio and by the Stuckey Firm. This is Chris Holtman Daily Show brought to you by Encova Insurance. Just as suing with the way he's played another double-double in the most recent game. Chris, if you would, just kind of talk about the impact that he has, not only just in scoring and rebounding, but also... A linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Well, Bishop James Laurenitis with you here on a Tuesday edition. Time to head on to the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan guest hotline for visit our good friend Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News, Fox Sports, BTN. He joins us. Mike, great stuff, buddy, as always, and great stuff here in Columbus with what Coach Holtman has done here. Uh, you know, when James and I start a season with any of the teams we cover, we go ahead and say, all right, well, how are we going to judge this team? What what is the what is the bar they got to hit for us to be satisfied with it? And honestly, at the start of the season, Mike, we said, make the tourney, win a round, sweet 16's the ceiling. Coach Holtman said, oh, yeah, boys, where do you see what I can do with this team? Uh, what do you make of what the, the job that he's done over here? It's It's been incredible to have a front row seat for it, Mike. He's, he's a phenomenal coach. And, and it's interesting how you, you, you say to yourself, are there other Chris Holtmans out there? I mean, think about when I moved to Indianapolis, or actually before I moved to Indianapolis, I was still in Cincinnati in 2014. And he was the associate head coach at Butler. And he called me one summer day and said, hey, would you mind coming over? Uh, we're going to have a little sort of a seminar, for lack of a better term, bunch of coaches, a lot of assistants, a, lot of head, a couple of head coaches. Uh, and would you, know, would you be willing to give a, a, a talk on dealing with the media? And I said, Sure. And, and I came over and we had a great time and we, you know, he showed me around the new facility and, and, and he's still associate head coach. And now he's the head coach of a team that's ranked in the top five in college basketball. That's six years later. Uh, he's been in the sweet 16 at, at Butler. Uh, he's, he's been, it, who knows what would have happened if he, if, if the Buckeyes had been able to be in last year's tournament. And now they're sitting on the possibility, the strong possibility that they continue to play as they have that they'll be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. It's, it's been remarkable to see. And I, and I, like I said, the, the point I was trying to make was, uh, you wonder if there are other guys out there like that. that, that he was a, he, he had given up being a head coach at Gardner, I believe it was Gardner Webb to take the associate yep. job at Butler. And, and then all of the, the circumstances developed to put him in the head coach's chair at Butler and, 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 and he's been like a rocket since. And it's just, you, you, I, I don't think there are a lot, of, I guess I don't think there are a lot of other Chris Holtmans out there, but you do wonder, is, is there one <laughs> somewhere that everybody's missing on? Mike, and the, the amazing thing has been that he's done it during his time in Columbus, at least, with, with many different kinds of teams. I remember with Kay Bates Diop, right, you kind of had the one guy uh, show, and, and he gets player of the year, and you kind of ride that to where now you have a team that is nine deep, 
uh, a team that is very balanced. And it seems to, the most impressive thing to me, and I want to get your opinion on this, is the fact that you you have in, a, in an era where there's so many guys that just want to shine and they want to be the focal point of a team, he seems to have everyone just buying into excelling at their role within this team. Is that what makes them so dangerous is that there doesn't really seem to be all this posturing for who's going to get the ball tonight. It's just everyone is just going to excel at their role, no matter how big or small it is. I think that's that's it's that's a rare gift, and you see Leonard Hamilton doing that down at Florida State, uh, perhaps even to a greater extent because guys uh, maybe even buy smaller roles. Uh, I mean, you've got two guys on this team averaging fourteen and a half points. You, you look at uh, Florida State, and their best guys are averaging twelve or eleven. Uh, so it, it's 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 pretty rare to be able to get guys to do that, but. You also have to take advantage of the talents that, that are on your team, and they do a wonderful job. They, they've done a wonderful job in, in elevating E.J. Liddell into the position he is now. Uh, they've done a great job with, with, with Dwayne Washington because Dwayne's a guy that you have to put a lot of trust in uh, because he's going to take some difficult shots at times. And not always in circumstance, not in, usually out of the flow of the offense, but not always necessarily um, that – that you're, you're, you're talking about w- w- the shots he takes being high-quality shots. They're going to be shots in your offense that you ran to, toward, but maybe they weren't uncovered. Maybe, maybe he didn't get uncovered by the action, and he might take the shot anyway. And you've got you've to live with that a little bit with him because a lot of those times he pays it off, and even if, when he doesn't, when he does get that open shot, he's going to be that much more confident in it. To be able to blend in someone like Justice Suing in the way that they have has been amazing. And, you know, Zed Key, a, a freshman, uh, playing the minutes he is uh, and, and being the reliable backup big guy he is, uh, what you get out of Justin Arns in only 19 minutes a game is remarkable. Uh, to, for him to be able to continue to come off and shoot at the rate he does and to do it in big moments. They play him in a lot of big moments. And, and he's really dangerous in those. Uh, all of that sort of, and I didn't even mention CJ, who's been phenomenal, especially given that he, he's had interruptions to the season with injury. He's been terrific. So I, I, I just think that they've done a beautiful job with, with all the collective talents that they have and, and getting them to, uh, to believe not only in their own roles, but also in each other. Mike DeCourcy, our guest, a fabulous uh, writer for Sporting News, handles the Big Ten analyst for BTN and also for Fox Sports. Mike, um, okay, all we hear is is that it's Gonzaga, it's Baylor, and then it's a step back. Um, if Do you believe that to be true? And if it is a step back, how big of a step back is it to what appears like Villanova and then about four or five Big Ten teams? Yeah, I think there's a significant difference between those two and everybody else. But remember, there was a significant difference between Vegas in 91 and everybody else, and they didn't end up winning it. There was a significant difference uh, between Kentucky in 2015 and even the next level, which was elite, uh, Wisconsin, Duke, Arizona. That next level was elite, but Kentucky still rose above that. Kentucky didn't win the title. So it it, it doesn't – just because there are two teams that are – that are extraordinary does not mean that, that they are going to win this. And, and I, I also think we have to add in the complication of the pandemic and how that impacts teams' ability to develop flow, develop uh, consistency, develop confidence, 
focus, all those sorts of things. Uh, Baylor right now, I mean, uh, for as great as they are, they aren't. I mean, they aren't anything right now. They're inactive. And so what are they when they're playing again? Michigan showed on Saturday they could come back off it, and they were a little sluggish at the start, but they still came, became Michigan by the end. But it's not easy to do that. Mike, I, I'm wondering which, I guess as a Buckeye fan, how how many games can this team lose and still have a chance of being a one seed? Or do they? Do you think they have to win out? Because as a fan, I'm not like, you're almost like, okay, this run is great. They're playing really good. I expect them to play good in every single game the rest of the year. There's just a kind of a style in which they play to. But to think that they're going to wipe the table going out, I think is is uh, an ambitious dream, if you will. So how many games can they afford to lose and still get consideration for a one seed? Well, remember, they have five games left on their schedule right now. We don't know. Um, I don't think that's a full season for them. I don't think that, that that's 20 games. So, yeah, that they're 11. They're 11 well, actually, that is 20 games. So they don't have yeah. any Big Ten games to, to be rescheduled. So, so we can focus on what they have. And what they have with I, – I, you have to win Penn State, Michigan State. If you're going to be a one, you can't lose – to even though those are uh, Penn State's a quad one and, and Michigan State is at least a quad two, you, you, you can't lose those. Then you have Michigan and Iowa. Okay, Michigan, I think you can afford to lose that game if you don't lose any of the others because remember, they're you know on the, on the grade scale they're a little bit ahead of you, so no one's going to punish you much if you lose that game. It comes down to Iowa and Illinois. If you do, if you go two and one in those, and you come down to Iowa and Illinois. Uh, remember, to an extent, Iowa is in it. I don't think they're, I don't think they're in it for a one, but you can't totally rule them out if they were to win out. And then I think it kind of seems likely, not certain, but it seems likely that it's going to come down to on that day, you versus Illinois. Uh, and it, again, this somewhat depends on what Illinois does between now and then as well. Uh, but their schedule is not as tough. They don't have four quad ones left in their final five. I believe that for them, I looked at it yesterday, theirs is three of the final six. So if they they figure to do really well in those games, and it may come down to Illini versus Buckeyes. That doesn't mean that at the end of that day it's over because then still you have the Big Ten tournament to play. Sure. But that that's sort of where, you know, I, I see that game on the schedule and it does sort of scream out at you, oh, you know, here it is, the battle for the final number one. Yeah, going to be fascinating. We're enjoying the heck out of it. Mike, appreciate your perspective. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. All right, that's our good buddy Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News, Fox Sports, BTN, a uh, lot, lot of gigs there for one of the very best to ever write on college basketball. It It hit me. As he was talking, buddy, and it's important for Buckeye fans never to ever forget about this. In football, we went from Trestle to Urban to Ryan Day. In basketball, we went from Mata to Holtman. Mm. Mm. Think about all of the people who blow these hires, and we don't. And Gene deserves a lot of credit for that. He does. The school deserves a lot of credit for that. The yep. board, they don't blow these hires, and these are the hires that make – these are the ones that make the difference. Are these hires football and men's basketball? Those are the ones you got to get right, and they've done it. It's incredible. Um, we hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan, keeping you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and play-by-play for over twenty-five years. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destination. A show that knows its limitations. Still learn to control that. 
You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper is here. Hit it, Chops. Bishop and Laurenitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right, boys, I'm back. Let's get it started. Allison Lucan pointing this out. The Blue Jackets scoring by period this season. First period, 21 goals for, 10 goals against. Second period, 9 goals for, 27 goals against. Third period, 18 for, 9 against. Thing or not a thing? You tell me, buddy. You played the sport. What do you read into that? Oh, man. I, you can get really... Um, really hung up on this and uh, the, the analytics of it look he's got to play better there's no there's no carving out of like oh the team tends to run. I just don't I don't believe in all that you just got to play better you got to make better decisions yeah. that's what it comes down to and we're turning the puck over way too often and we're not playing great defense right now and you're not getting elite goaltending what you thought was going to be an unbelievable... I'm not blaming... I don't want to be mistaken. I'm not blaming the goaltending because it all goes hand in hand. I think teams are getting way too many really good chances and really good looks. Um, yeah. But I think also the fact that what we thought was going to be almost like a given that we had two rock star goaltenders and one of them was going to get dealt for a huge deal and a huge asset. And now you're kind of like, well, what's going on? Um, well, I just I think there's lack of identity. That's really it. I think we just lack an identity right now because of a bunch of new players trying to break in amidst the pandemic. That's a great point out of you. You said it in the first hour, and I've, I've thought about it a lot since. Then over-reliance on exquisite goaltending, and you just hit on something else that's pretty interesting. Did you hold on to one of these guys too long and they don't have the value they would have had in the offseason? I don't know how yeah. easy it would have been to trade one of them before it, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of concern on that front. Last night, Steph Curry became the first guard since Michael Jordan, ever heard of him, in 95-96 to score at least 25 points and 50% field goals in nine straight games. Nine times. Thing or not a thing? Yeah, I mean, I think he's the best shooter I've ever seen. He's the best shooter I've ever seen. I mean, Did can- we forget about him because he was hurt? Uh... Could be, and they're you know they're like middle of the road right now. Like if yeah. they had Clay, I think it would be a very different thing. They yeah. don't. He misses his second straight year. Um, yeah. I watched a little of their game. I think it was on Saturday night. They played the Nets, and they got just slumped. But his ability still to get his shot at any time from anywhere and make half of them is yeah. really remarkable. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I just I'm just wondering. Um, like usually, I totally forgot because he he had. Been, maybe it's speaking to myself, but I really do think like I totally forgot about how good he was until I was scrolling through Twitter the other day, and <laughs> it was like Steph Curry yep. was trending, and I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. You forget, you forget how easy it looks, how easy he makes it look. I guess is the right way to say yep. it. Woj and Windhorst on this one. The Cleveland Cavaliers are no longer planning to play center Andre Drummond as they work to trade the two-time All-Star prior to the NBA's March 25th deadline, sources told ESPN. Thing or not a thing? What day is today? 16th. Today is the 16th. Remy will be a month so, in two days. How about that? Gosh, Wow, that goes quick. So you're telling me that... And and I heard I saw Draymond Green's rant about this. And I think he. Has but wait, there were all star chants for him, weren't they? Just a little a few months ago. Yeah, dude. Imagine if a player did this. Mm. I want to be traded. I'm not going to play until I'm traded. Yeah. Oh, this is a team a, telling a, a guy. Standard. Yeah. Stay sit out for six weeks. Yeah. Stay in shape. We're going to trade you. Yeah. 
It's, it's, a, this is, it's not like the trade deadline's next week. Bro, it's, it's March twenty fifth, coach. Double standard. I mean, that's crazy. And usually, the NBA. Hey, at least in the NBA, they get paid. Like at least in the NBA, Man, the, the, the NFL. Think about this. You could get cut and be like, "Hey, sorry." How many times? By the way, if you've ever noticed, like a guy on your team in the NFL who's a you know air quote, um, you know fingers up with the air quote, uh, a vet, right? Who you're like, why is he inactive this week? Cut and then re-signed on Tuesday. Because usually his contract, as a vet, right, they want to make sure that you get paid on a per-game kind of basis. So if we just cut him and he goes through the wire, usually see this with, like, backup tackles or, like, a swing tackle, right? He gets released. Um, then he's, New Orleans did it all the time. We had a tackle that literally was cut and signed. He'd be cut on, like, Friday evening and then signed because basically it was a way to manipulate the cap. He didn't get a game yeah. in him. So they don't, it doesn't count against you. And you're like... First off, that player is in a financial state to where he's okay with it, or he just believes he'll get an opportunity. Or second off, like, look at Calvin Johnson, for crying out loud. Calvin Johnson retires. We're going to need some of that signing bonus back. Hold on, but if you cut me, I don't get the rest of my gear. No, it's it's, it's a huge double standard in sports. About a day ago, North Carolina basketball's official Twitter account tweeted, quote, we're looking for a home game this week. Please contact us if interested. And now they're playing Northeastern on Wednesday. That's amazing. Thing or not a thing? Power it's an forward. awesome thing. This is an awesome thing. This So Northeastern is going to get to go play in the Dean Dome. Yeah. And they're going to get to go look at the banners that have Jordan and Worthy and Stackhouse and yeah. Carter and Jameson and all of those guys. They're going to look up and see that. And they're going to get... I mean, how cool is that? How cool is that, man? That's like, awesome. We have gone through such hell to try yeah. and play sports through this pandemic. Yeah. And now here's a team in Northeastern, just wants to play some games, and they get to play Carolina in February. That's awesome. It is. It is. It's an awesome thing. Twitter, just helping people. People helping people. Really cool. Last one. This tweet from Jeff Morris Jr., a guy who has a framed cigar that Michael Jordan once smoked. Quote, when I was 14 years old, I saw Michael Jordan smoking a cigar at my hotel. When he finished the cigar, I ran to the trash and saved the remains. This frame has hung above my childhood bed for the last 20 years. Thing or not a thing? How do we verify this? So it's above his childhood bed, not his current bed? Because if it's above his current bed, I'm assuming he's not married. There's... Go to what's, this, what's this cigar here? Oh, it's honey. MJ's. What, what are you? What are you? Where do you think you're doing with that? Oh, it's a cigar I pulled out of a trash that Michael Jordan smoked. Yeah. I've had it. I'm going to put it over the the master yeah. suite. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. What I do you? Do, what are we way doing? You verify here? DNA. You got to get a DNA lab. Does DNA stay on cigars for 20 years? For two decades? Maybe. I have no idea. That's above my pay grade, Coach. I, that's that's something. You kidding me? I try to, I'm still trying to figure out how airplanes fly, and there's a whole bunch of literature on how they fly with aerodynamics. It still doesn't register with my brain. Something that heavy can get still in the air. Still sorting it out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> is he trying to make any money off of chops, or is he just saying he has it? It was like uh, he followed it up with like an ask me anything. He said some people had offered him money, but he doesn't think it's worth anything. He also mentioned that it has gone through no. his mind to light it back up and take a puff himself. That's odd. Oh, smoke greatness! Yeah. Literally, smoke greatness. Smoke there you greatness. Go. Yeah, I'm maybe. guessing that wouldn't be probably not <laughs> a in a space jam esque, a little, a little hops or something. I don't know. All I know is that's a real, that's a real a age cigar. Tobacco. Look, bro. All I know is that this was a heavy, 
heavy North Carolina Michael Jordan thing or not a thing. That's all I know. You got the Steph Curry Michael Jordan. We got a Michael Jordan cigar. Now we have UNC. Yeah, it's true. On Twitter. A lot you know? of Carolina. I think Chops just Googled Michael Jordan and then uh, had three things pop up for him. Well, he's only doing one show this week. He had to bring bring the goat out of the out of the. Uh, <laughs> thing, out of the thing. Um, lots to get to here in the final hour, including uh, something we talked about last Friday, last time we did a show with Urban's hiring of Chris Doyle and how that would go exactly the way we thought it would go, and also some news out of Cleveland on the JJ Watt front. So that'll get Browns fans excited. You got that to look forward to, which is nice. Bishop and Lauren is right here on the fan. Can't get enough Buckeyes? We've got you covered. The Buckeye Show. The Buckeye Show. Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. This is from Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com, here in the last hour or so in the Plain Dealer. J.J. Watt seriously considering the Browns is one of his options because they have a lot of what he wants, sources tell Cleveland.com. Look, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense for him um, for a lot of reasons. So you'd say, all right, you're a a free agent. What do you want Um, after playing in, you know, the the amount of time that he's played in Houston? You say, well, I want to win. Well, the Browns have a roster that should be set up to win. Um, I'd love to play opposite another great defensive end. That's worked previously in my history. Um, hard to do better than Jay, than, uh, than Miles Garrett on that front. I'd like to get paid a decent amount while, while playing as well. Browns have cap space. They could do a short term, bigger deal for him than certainly anything Pittsburgh could put together, who's way over the cap. Um, and the other thing JJ could do would make a very easy call to Joe Thomas and say, what did you enjoy your time? Did mm. you like it? Yeah. Two Wisconsin guys talking. That's pretty easy. Um, so this makes a lot of sense to me, and I think it would be could potentially be something where everybody wins. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a it's a nice fit. It just it's all going to depend on for him. I would think that he wants to win. He wants to be productive, and he yep. wants to win. Um, and and then also make the most money doing that, right? And so if everything's all kind of close together, you pick the the right fit, and how you feel about the organization, how you feel about the city. All those things. So if you're a Browns fan, you're saying to yourself, do we get J.J. Watt, if he looks at us, if he looks at Pittsburgh, um, some of these teams that have been interested in him, um, at least for a Browns, you have to say, well, the Steel City isn't anything more special than us, right? So if it's warm weather, we don't have to worry about that with Pittsburgh. The only thing is, do you think that, does he honestly believe that Pittsburgh is closer for one year or does he think his career really spans another three or four? And if it spans yeah. another three or four, Cleveland's your pick. It's your obvious pick. Miles is young. You have a great nucleus there in Cleveland. You have a quarterback that um, went on the road without a head coach and won a, a, a wild card game. And so if I'm the Browns, that's what I'm selling. Like, look, I know you want to play with your brother in Pittsburgh. I know that's probably something that you guys have all dreamt about. But realistically, it's Ben or Dwayne. And Ben. T- trailed off. I mean, that, that's the recruiting pitch. This is back to recruiting now. He's back, you know, oh, before sure. he made the sh- decision to go to Wisconsin, he's getting recruited all over again. And that's where he is with this. And it's it's what what do you want? If you want to have multiple years of playoff and hopefully AFC North titles, I do believe that Cleveland is the logical spot um, for him. But the fact that that he you know I'll put it this way the fact that you are in the mix just talks about what you have built there in Cleveland 
as yeah. an organization. Is that a star, multi-time uh, defensive player of the year has gotten released and says, yes, I want to go to Cleveland, Ohio and play for the Browns. That That is that is the rebuild of the brand and of the organization and, and really the the completion of having this thing be a solid actual run franchise where people around the league, the reputation of it has shifted. It's officially shifted. I think you've officially gotten there. I agree. I, I think it speaks to uh, the, you know, the, there is something about it. It is it is one of the teams that people have. Every, I mean, when John Dorsey was hired there, we're going to wake up the sleeping giant. Like I think there is a romanticism with the Browns winning and you being somehow part of the reason why. Yeah, that, that would go a long ways to it. It, it is. It's kind of like you know, if a coach can win a national championship at Notre Dame. Oh again, gosh, yeah! For the first time since '88, like if you could yeah. be the guy who does that. That's such rarefied air because of how storied that program is, and and Ohio State. Or I'm sorry, the the Browns certainly do not have the the recent success, and by recent, I mean in the last fifty years that even Notre Dame has had. Um, but there is a mythology to that, yeah. to winning there, and mm-hmm. it it all it checks a lot of boxes for him. Um, his I believe it's his wife plays professionally in Chicago uh, for an for uh, soccer in Chicago, so that's yep. obviously close if you want to do that. Um, and you hit on all of the other reasons. If you think about the other teams that you would just off the top of my head that would seem to make sense in terms of being close, that would make would be a, a situation where he wouldn't have to be the primary. Uh, focus of the opposing offensive line. I think Green Bay. Yes, you know certainly would make some fit. There's like, I don't no know, doubt. There's I don't no know money doubt. wise. I don't know yep. fit wise. But I mean, I think that would certainly. As a little kid growing up in Wisconsin, do you dream to play for the Packers? I would assume. Yep. Um, oh gosh, yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So to me, I look at Cleveland. I look at Green Bay. Those are the two that jumped out to me. And it's just going to be, can I check enough boxes in either of these? And obviously, Green Bay's ready to go. I mean, they're they're fourteen and two, or whatever the heck they were the last couple of years. So they're they're ready to go. They might feel like they're a player away, and that would be a very similar situation. I don't know their cap situation the way I know Cleveland's, um, yeah. but you, those will be the boxes that you check if you're him. And then it leads to, and the other thing is that this is the other part of this from the from the Browns' perspective. They are going to pursue. Defensive end opposite miles. My bet is through draft through free agency first. Yeah, that's what they would like to do. Um, yeah. And that that first round pick, I think what they would like to do is be in a position where let's take best available. And it, if it's a defensive back, fantastic. Right. But let's not be in a position where we're getting to the draft in April and we've got to find someone who can run with Miles Garrett next year. Yeah. So I think they will try their number one priority in free agency. My belief is defensive end opposite Miles. And now J.J. Watt's in that mix. The free agent. And it was already a really deep, speaking of, you know, J.J. Watt running mates, Clowney's in this one. There are Lawson's in this one. There are a lot of really talented, the guy at, uh, at New Orleans whose name escapes me. Henderson. They are, there are a lot of, there you go. There are a lot of really talented defensive ends, and now Watt's in that mix. So even if you don't get Watt, now maybe somebody who was going to be in on one of these other guys isn't, and now their price comes down for you. Yeah, it's fascinating. So J.J. Watt's 32. What do you think you're getting him? Can you get him for the right price? Um, your cap situation is better than the Packers. The Packers restructured David Bakhtiari, and it's they're still $20 million over. Um, 
So the okay, Packers have so if work it's, to if do. Money's any part of it, and but it's according to Packers Central, according to Packers Central, it's likely he's signing with the Pack. You know, I, I you call them bias, but according to Packers Central, <laughs> it's a done deal. I no, wouldn't blame um, him. No, I, mean, I, I don't think so either. It, that and is what and he that's chooses. where it comes. Yeah. I think that there's a healthy. This always it's hard to say as an overarching theory, but because every individual is different. But there's a healthy. My healthy bet would be. J.J. Watt wants to hear some things on his list. He's a Wisconsin boy, so being warm, that doesn't he doesn't care about that. He wants to be on a winner, yeah. a place where for the remainder of his career, no matter how many years that is, he's in the playoffs every year. Yep. And if he has multiple offers for those situations, is there another guy on the other side who can take attention away from me? That probably checks a box. Scheme will come into it a little bit, but also... All the, if all those things are equal, right? If all those things are equal. So Green Bay does fit because you have Preston mm-hmm. Smith and, and uh, Zadarius Smith. And, oh, by the way, yep. Rashawn Gary made some hay. So there's multiple different guys there. You imagine being an O-line. Like, just imagine being the Browns saying, hey, who do you want to key on? Because they got yep. the Smith brothers. They have Rashawn Gary who's played well on the inside for us. And now they have J.J. lined up. That's four, that's four down. That's a headache. So – that could check a lot of boxes, but then it gets to the what's the deciding factor? What's the swing factor there? Is it going to be, um, is it going to be money? Right? Can if you can offer a little more guaranteed, maybe the overall number isn't, but the guarantee is higher. You know, there's little ways that you can do it to maybe that does swing you one way or another. All other things considered, because same thing, you have Sheldon Richardson, you have Miles Garrett, you have all this stuff. I mean, a great run. There's so many things mm-hmm. to kind of take in. Um, all these things come into play ultimately when you're making a decision like this. They do, and here's the thing with, um, you know, certainly with JJ, is he's he's made upwards of ninety million dollars playing football. Yeah, and he had fifty one million guaranteed in his deal, his last deal with Houston. So he has made, you know, his last six years thirteen nine, fourteen five, fourteen five, fifteen, yeah. fifteen, fifteen. Yep. So that's what he's made. That's just the cap. That's just and let let alone the signing bonus on top of it. So yeah, he, he's at a point. But you where can't really live till might, you get to a hundred million. You know, you can't really. No, that's when you, you can't really, really live stretch your, your wings. Yeah. Really, <laughs> yeah, really unfurl the wings at that point when you get to that hundred million. So he's there. Oh, plus, man. he's got a ton of endorsements too. So he's financially. But you, you, we say that we say that. But when it comes down to it, and you have to sign your name on the line, which is dotted. You're going to look at the numbers, and they will matter. People say they don't matter. There aren't many athletes that I've come across. There aren't many people that I've come across who, when it comes down to the final decision, the box that's the box that's most important is the one with the dollar sign next to it. The way the that's the the one that matters the most. And the older you get, for most, the wiser you get about life after football, because you have more and more of your friends and former teammates who have gotten released that you talk to. And you keep hearing stories of the from the main stories that you hear from former guys is bro, you don't realize how hard it is to make six figures in this world. Yeah. Like when you're in the NFL and you look at a pay stub and you see how much it is after taxes are taken away and the agent fees and all that, even after fifty percent is gone, you just assume fifty percent is gone, you yeah. look at it still and you you don't even blink to where when you get out of it, you say, Hold on. The top guy at this profession makes this the top guy, and you don't even understand. Like, mm-hmm. 
it's such a but the longer you play the more and more firsthand accounts you have of guys who have stopped and like you see somebody who runs a gym and right and then on Instagram looks like he's balling and you call him you're like hey bro what's up like, man bro you don't know how hard this is to kind of get a, get something started like this man take advantage stay as long as you can and make as much as you can before you dip out and you hear that from all your boys that played just make as much as you can before you I've had guys straight up tell me before I retired they said, I don't care if you got to limp out there on one leg. Try to steal. Steal from them. Get four games in, get another vested mm-hmm. year, then bow out. Yep. I don't care if you're on IR all year. And I'm like, I just don't I, I just don't want to move my family. The hell with that. They're like, I don't care if you got to spend 15 grand on moving expenses to make two mil, right? It's, it's this whole mindset of make as much as you can because the real world is – so, yeah, the dollar signs do come into play here, right? The dollar signs absolutely come into play because – you never know when that last year, that last snap, and, and no matter what you do, he's not making thirteen five off the bat, yeah. right? So no. we're not going to retire no. and be Tony Romo in the booth making seven a year or whatever he's, Tony's making four a year. Like that's unrealistic. I mean, Tony's like seventeen a year now. Is he really? That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I think he is. By the I way, I, if, if I could record my wife whenever Tony is calling a game. Yeah, I always tell her, like, why do you hate on Tony so much? It's like a, it's like a disdain. She wanted to, uh, what she say to my father-in-law? She goes, Dad, I never understood growing up why you put certain announcers on mute and listen to the radio instead. <laughs> she goes, now I get it. That's why that's how I feel about Tony. My father-in-law goes, Were you on? Father-in-law you, goes, oh, sorry, oh, I guess. Go well, no, Sauce was like, oh, absolutely, I can't stand him. And I'm like, gosh, you guys just hate Tony. <laughs> I can't remember if you and I discussed that. If, I know that you weren't on the days after the Super Bowl, but the just he and I thought he and Nance had a weird call. It was just a weird call. Like the tone of it was kind of weird to me. Both. Of them. So what Tony's gotten himself going. into, I feel like, is and this is what I appreciate. I mean, you can tell how much he has fun, right? You can sense his joy yeah. and his goofiness, and I think that's what's endearing about him. Um, which, by the way, anytime my wife or my father-in-law say that, I just say, "Well, he's the highest-paid dude in the business, so you can yeah. do all you want." But the, the execs love him. Um, he's doing well. Yeah. Um, and anyway, but it, it, sometimes when he does it, he makes certain mistakes, you know, like where he'll say it, and then people don't even really notice it. Like he said something where I was like, he's way off on that, you know, like it was something like one of his math on how things like added up or whatever. Um, he's almost like he couldn't subtract nine, and trust me, I, I struggle with math too. Um, but there's just certain things where you're like, he was almost so yeah, loose, Nance was, yeah. and Nance was kind of like. I don't know. He's like, I remember Nance being like, "What? You can't subtract number nine? You may tell me Tony Romo can't work on the number nine? You know, it was like a joke. I don't even think Tony got it. Almost felt like they were doing a preseason game, like as opposed to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, it was so loose. It did. Um, so strange. Um, also strange that that Urban Meyer hired Chris Doyle to begin with, and it, we told you how it would go Friday. It went the exact way that we thought it would go and predicted it that it would go. And the big question is why to begin with. And we'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Buckeyes, jackets, hard-hitting talk, and Rothman saving dogs. You know, just a typical day at a sports radio station. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And John Breach will join us here in about 10 minutes uh, from CBS Sports. Talk about the Watt situation, what we uh, what we saw from Trevor Lawrence last week. Uh, see if any of the quarterback carousel is about to heat up with Wentz and Watson and the rest. Um, 
A little bit of a welcome to the real world moment from Urban Meyer last week with the hiring of Chris Doyle. And I was, you and I talked about this on Friday. I was shocked. I was shocked that he that he would make that hire. I didn't think that regardless of the off-field stuff, I didn't think that it was one that made sense for NFL culture. Didn't seem like something that... I, I don't know that the NFL, that that works in the NFL when so much of your guys' training is done away from the facility and yeah. having somebody you know on your back, and, and that's certainly Doyle's reputation. It was set aside... You know the other allegations against Doyle, so that didn't make sense to me. And then I thought, why would you bring this firing squad on you? That's going to come. Um, and you said, well, uh, obviously there isn't much. There's nobody there at the point telling him, no, you can't do that. He obviously was given complete keys to the organizational kingdom. Um, but we predicted it would end the way that it did, that he would be removed quickly, and that's yeah. what happened. And this would have been. He's lucky that it was Jacksonville and not Philly. Or the Jets, because there, yeah, you're on a, you're skewered. In yeah. Jacksonville, this will be largely forgotten. The NFL will talk about it, but Jacksonville largely forgotten. Uh, other places, it wouldn't have been. Um, how, how do you do this? How does this happen? I don't know. I was watching Get Up yesterday, and that was kind of the main thing. Was they understand how Urban Meyer makes this decision? Um, yeah, you know, he's a friend for a while. Um, I think what Urban Meyer was trying to say, by the way, in his press conference about he knew him from his time at Utah, I think what he meant by it was from my time there is when I really started to noil what this man was doing, where he was. And I yeah. think people took it and ran with it as if they worked together at Utah and he lied about it. I don't think he lied about it. I think that in, in Urban's mind, he was giving you an in-depth view into like how long he's known him yeah. and when he first became aware of the success that he had in the business. Yeah. Um and that he's been a friend, and he's been a friend of a friend in Kirk Ferentz, who Urban sure. has a ton of respect for. Um, say what you want about the, you know, I vetted him, I've known him 20 years. That's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. I, but like we said last week, this idea that you need a head of sports performance in the National Football League is a, is a false one. I think you're trying to recreate the wheel. Um, that, that, that It's it's pointless um, to try to do so. Um Anthony Schlegel can will will run it and he'll be great down there. He's the perfect hire and Doyle was kind yeah. of a, the the opposite of and I'm not saying he's not qualified as an actual ex you know as a as far as sports performance. I'm just thinking you're creating a position for for an organization that doesn't you're creating a new position that doesn't need to be created for, especially for a guy that has any yes. kind of baggage. Um, but I think it does speak that the Jaguars gave him immense control. Because there was nobody else, I thought it was very interesting how at first Urban Meyer released the statement, and then there was another statement also heaped on was bulky. So it was like, hey, you're not making me go out here alone. You helped and vetted him too. Mm-hmm. You get on this statement as well. Also very interesting that the owner's name was not on there. Um, yeah. But it's regardless of it all, no matter what you think on it, you never want to have a, a hire like, hey, here's our coaching staff, um, and then all of a sudden, boom, within 24 hours, one of them has to resign. That's not the start you want to it. Um, no, and especially with Urban's history, you can't ignore it. Yeah. Whatever you think of it, you can't ignore it. It's right. it's there. It's real. It's right. history. It's been it's been documented. So it's it just was an unnecessary. I think it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary in every way. You don't need to add yeah. anything more to it. It's just yeah. unnecessary. It wasn't needed, and it was a window. I think into the way Urban. 
I think this is going to be very interesting. He's got a very young team that yeah. is going to be impressionable, but there will be veterans that see this stuff and go, what? What are we doing? And yeah. this is a little different than the situation Chip Kelly went into in Philly. Remember, yeah. Chip Kelly was replacing Andy Reid, right. who had a program. So right. it's not that. It's not right. that. And that's the first thing I thought of when I hear – you know, Urban's talk the way that he talks. You talk about getting like a, you know, a psychologist and all this stuff. NFL, NFL teams don't do that. Right. They don't have this position that Doyle has. This doesn't exist, uh, in NFL teams. So they're, yeah. and when they talk about we're going to have the best strength staff in the NFL, who cares? Right. Who cares? Guys, yeah. don't, they don't, they don't look, that's not what the league is about. So right. they're not looking try, for that. No, they're trying to recreate a college model in the NFL. I think it'll be more open to it there than it would have been for Chip Kelly in the Eagles. Right. Um, but the patience on it, remember Chip won year one. Yeah. And they still ran him out in two years. Yeah. So you have to yeah. be very careful with this stuff because it's a, you're dealing with men. It's not. Yeah. And even in that winning, he had discontent players and Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, who he ended up sending out the door. His thinking, best players. My system is what it gets done, not you guys. You don't agree with it. You don't agree with that I do things. I'm going to ship you out and thought he could still win because he thought that his system and his way of doing things would just prop up the next guy like it was a college system. And that, that wasn't the case. I'm not saying that's what Irvin will do. I just – look, at the end of the day, it was – there's been a lot of talk and the guys on Get Up were talking about it, how in a college setting you're hired, whether you're in Gainesville, you know Gainesville better than me, or here in Columbus. And when you're the head coach of those situations – um, outside of a pandemic, whatever you say goes. You know, I think the pandemic has stopped a lot of coaches in their tracks because they're used to doing things and operating the way they want yeah. to. And this this COVID issue has um, really put like who's really in charge um, out in the forefront. But this is a coach who's had what what I say goes be the main thing for a long time, and uh, doesn't make him a bad person. It just it is what it is, right? And he went down to Jacksonville, thought I'm gonna create a position for someone who I know is talented in the field. Mm-hmm. And because I hired him, I think everything's going to be a-okay. And you found out real quick that in the NFL, the the social media fire and the attention and, and just the, you can't make any subtle hire no. in your building it's anywhere go unnoticed. in the National Football League. Anywhere. College football, even for the big programs like ours, is a, still a very regional sport. Yes, it it's is. It's a very regional sport. Yes. Um, you don't get noticed. The NFL, right. there are 32 teams. Mm-hmm. Everything is seen. Yeah. And by the way, everything you're saying about Urban is 100% true. And by the way, everything you're saying about Urban is is also everything, almost everything he's done has worked. Yeah. Everything he's yeah. done has worked. Yep. <laughs> like, he's great yeah. at everything. And I have no doubt he'll be great at this, too. But there, this was a little bit of a wake-up call in terms of the way that the NFL handles things versus the way that you can do things in college. Uh, John Breach will join us next, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. The Buckeyes inked the highest-rated offensive lineman in Ohio State's class in Donovan Jackson, a five-star prospect and the nation's number one-ranked guard. He's the number one player in the state of Texas and the number 17 overall player, regardless of position. He's out of Bel Air, Texas. Ohio State head coach Ryan Day on the day Jackson committed. Donovan Jackson just jumps up, jumps off the film. Um, you know, he had a 
a, a funny uh, commitment to us uh, in the um, when things were it was still early on in the process. He was in uh, my office and was not expecting uh, him to commit and kind of did. And I almost fell to the floor. Uh, that was a huge deal for us to, to get Donovan. His family are unbelievable. Sports Illustrated ranked Jackson 31st in a list of the 100 best players in this year's class. This report was brought to you by SafeLight and by Speedway. I'm Matt Andrews on the Ohio State Sports Network, presented by the James. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Bill Bishop, James Laurinaitis with you here on a Tuesday edition of the program. Let's head out on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good buddy John Breach, NFL writer for CBS Sports. And let's start uh, with this report out of uh, out of Cleveland and the Plain Dealer, Mary Kay Cabot, reporting that uh, the Cleveland Browns have a lot of what J.J. Watt would want in his next NFL stop. Uh, when you hear that, John, what do you think? Uh, well, I think that if you would have said this last year, the idea of J.J. Watt heading to Cleveland in 2021, uh, you would have laughed the person, it, it, unfriended him on Facebook, blocked them on Twitter, <laughs> and not believed anything they were saying in the future. But now we're hearing it this year. I mean, this it, it feels like the Browns should be a front runner. So this is absolutely makes sense. You know, obviously, you need a team that has salary cap space. The Browns have that. Uh, J.J. Watt wants a team that actually is put together that's not the Houston Texans who are just in total disarray. Uh, you know, and the Browns have that team culture they've kind of built up over the past few months, over the past year and a half. And then, you know, you want a team that can contend. And, and J.J. Watt has never even gotten out of the divisional round in his career, so he's never played in the AFC title game. He's never played in the Super Bowl. Uh, and you feel like the Browns are on the cusp. So, uh, if I'm J.J. Watt, and not to mention, you know, maybe I don't see as many double teams because Cleveland has Miles Garrett there. Uh, yeah, so if I'm J.J. Watt, I'm absolutely considering the Browns. And, and so I wouldn't be surprised at all if this ends up where he signs with. And, and John, I, I want to go to another star. There, there, some rumblings, Seattle, Russell Wilson. Russell makes a comment that he's getting hit too much. Uh, Seattle doesn't like it, and then you have wild reports that the Seahawks are, might move on. I, I don't, I'm, I don't believe those. But just, do you think this will all just blow over up there, or do you think there is an undercurrent of discontent and and a fractured relationship between Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, personally, I, I kind of feel the same way you do because I, I don't think they would get rid of him. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I don't know that it's just going to blow over because you, you can't be – if you're a star quarterback in the NFL and you're going on these media rounds and you're throwing your team under the bus, that's not a great look because, you know, say what Russell Wilson – he can say what he wants about Pete Carroll and John Schneider, but both of those guys have a long history of success in the NFL. And, and I think this is Russell saying, well, you know, the way you guys are winning isn't working for me. I'm getting beat up. Uh, because I don't like the offensive line you're putting out there. I would like a few more weapons. And what I think is happening, and maybe we saw a little bit with Aaron Rodgers in his post-game press conference after the NFC title game, is these quarterbacks, you know, you see Tom Brady win a Super Bowl because uh, Jason Light, the Buccaneers general manager, went out and just started plucking people and, and put together kind of an all-star team, and the Buccaneers won. And so now Russell Wilson's sitting there saying, well, you know, why can't we do that? Why can't we add a few weapons 
And I do think that could create some drama in Seattle because all of a sudden, if you're John Schneider and you're drafting someone that doesn't mesh well, whether it's a receiver or an offensive lineman, doesn't mesh well with Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson's now upset with you, uh, that might start to create a rift. So I'll be shocked if Russell Wilson, if anything happens this year. Uh, but, I, you know, I could see that situation getting uglier to the point where maybe they have to go their separate ways after this year. John, this is something that's been avoided in the NFL uh, because of the power of NFL owners and the power of the shield and the power of a non-guaranteed contract. We have not seen really player empowerment in the NFL. The only player I could think of of a marquee standpoint at the quarterback position who said, either trade me or I'll retire, is Carson Palmer years ago with the Bengals. Um, now, and I'm, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson's doing that, but Deshaun Watson appears to be willing to sit out. And this is the one position that if, if there was going to be player empowerment in the NFL, it would be at this position. Is this just the start? Uh, I would be surprised if it is, especially because it does feel like there's a lot of dominoes starting to fall here. It's with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and you know the Carson Palmer situation. Uh, as someone from Cincinnati, I know that one very well. But you know the Bengals were coming off a bad season in 2010, and Carson Palmer was fed up, so he didn't really have the leverage that someone like Russell Wilson, a Super Bowl winner, has, or Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, who's a top five quarterback in the NFL or Aaron Rodgers, uh, a three time MVP. So you're talking about guys that have a ton of leverage. And, you know, if you're the Packers or Seahawks, you feel like you're in your Super Bowl window and you can't have your quarterback uh, making subtle threats about, you know, the team going the wrong way. And so I do think, I don't know if this is going to be something we see regularly happen, but there are absolutely a handful of guys that have that power now. Uh, and Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers fall into that category uh, of guys that, you know, if you're an owner, you've got to be worried if they start saying things and the team's not following through with their wishes. John, I, Carson Wentz seems to be on the move. He's going to Indy, right? Or is there another team do you think that he ends up going to? Because it seems to me like the only team that makes sense is is the Colts, but you hear the Bears name throws in there, which would be fascinating if he had a Foles Wentz reunion. Uh, but anyway, do, where where is Wentz going, and do you think he's moved this week? Uh, I think he's got to end up in India. I think you're absolutely right on that. It's the only place that makes sense because if you're Frank Reich, you're saying, "Look, we are a quarterback away from a Super Bowl." Philip Rivers got us to the playoffs. You know, we almost upset Buffalo. If we can just take a small step forward, and, you know, obviously Frank Reich is so familiar with Carson Wentz from their, their two years together in Philadelphia. And so, and if Carson Wentz, it feels like his confidence is kind of well right now. So if he goes to someone who he's familiar with, that's going to hopefully help him get better. And the problem with Chicago is that Chicago to me is like Philadelphia of the Midwest as far as where the football team's at. It's a little bit in disarray. The coaching staff is on the hot seat. And if you're Carson Wentz and you get traded to Chicago, and all of a sudden Matt Nagy gets fired uh, because the Bears go 6-10 in 2021, then you're back at square one with a new coaching staff, uh, which is not where you want to be. So if I'm Carson Wentz, I am begging the Eagles to trade me to Indianapolis. John, I'll get you out of here on this one. The a month from now, are we right here with Deshaun Watson in Houston? Yeah, I, I do think that Watson is going to stick around uh, unless somebody throws. You know, I, like the Dolphins are the only team that makes sense to me because they're right. the only team that has that draft capital. You throw in, you know, three first round picks and two, uh, and, and maybe you get a deal done. But I don't think 
that the Texans are going to trade uh, Watson away for anything less than three first-round picks. I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to offer that. And, you know, Nick Casario, the general manager, came from New England. He just watched what happened to the Patriots uh, after they lost Tom Brady. So he is not going to give up a franchise quarterback unless it's pried away from him uh, with some unbelievable offers. So I'm going to say that Deshaun is still in Houston a month from now. John, I lied. One more real quick. What can you think? How does this Easterby guy? I'm sorry. Just, I just was curious. I keep hearing about this Jack Easterby guy and the amount of power he has in Houston. And I would just, do you know why? No, it doesn't make any sense. It's just, you know, okay. if anybody watched, uh, uh, the Game of Thrones, you know, it, it's the little finger syndrome where somebody just keeps sneaking their way up and you don't really notice it. And all of a sudden they're at the top of the food chain and nobody knows how they got there. And that's kind of what it feels like. Okay. With Jack Easterby, it's just, uh, you know, he's got Cal McNair's ear, and when you have the owner's ear, all of a sudden you have a lot more power than everyone else. What a great I love reference. that you went little. I love what a that. Great reference I love that. You, John. That's a good Gosh, job. What a you win. Little finger into the mix. Thanks for your time, buddy, as always. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. John Breach, NFL for CBS Sports. See, I mean, I can have some warm feelings about that show. Oh, brother. I, I can have some. Yeah. Like, it was great. I just. Yeah. Stop at the yeah. Battle it, of Winterfell. Shut it down. Ah, yeah, yeah. I got into that with somebody like who would I get in that with a couple weeks ago, where it was like the fact that you were just the whole thing about the the army of the dead, and then it ends in yeah. one show, like one battle. That's it. Like it didn't go on yeah. further than that. I'm like, I know, and yet I did like that scene, and those scenes were incredible. Episode. Yeah, but the, the fact the that you heard seasons of winter is coming. Yeah. Anyway, for one night, I guess. And then you just throw the Dothraki under the bus. Go. Boy, they did. Yeah. Oh God, they did. John's a brilliant was... commander. He really is. I think we should. We should. Tyrion's the do... worst. The you worst know, we... advice. The worst war advice in the history of war advice. I think we no could do a whole worst war advice. We could do a whole breakdown. We already. <sighs> we've already done it. We gotta do. It. I mean, I gotta catch up on Americans. We gotta start season three. Hey, that's 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 very strong. The All month right, old. Is, your, uh... The month old has has put a. Put some sleep schedule's a little off right now, Coach. I remember when I was watching that with uh, Amy at the time, and what, we had one of the boys, I can't remember which one, and I just kept going because I couldn't stop. And that was that put a real rift in the marriage uh, that I kept oh, going. Yeah. And then, yeah, but what sure I did was I took one for the team, and I, I rewatched. It was so good that I rewatched. Well, now, well, now you're yeah, now you're now you're watching Bachelor just to catch up and re- and make up brownie points, you know. That's right. That's right. Uh, we we hit uh, we hit three things on a Tuesday up next. Bishop and Lord, I just right here on the fan. If the fan were a baseball team, Morning Juice would be our leadoff hitter. A leadoff hitter who's slow and hits lots of homers. Weekdays starting at six. The fan. The linebacker. The legend. The liquor cabinet. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, time for three things on a Tuesday edition. Hit a chopper. One, two, one, two. Three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, number one for me, it's been uh, great having my dad here over the last few days. And uh, my wife took Black Cobra skiing. So he was with Beamsy and Bootsy uh, outside. And he was shoveling the back uh, grilling porch thing, which was great. And then I went around and he was digging holes in the in the uh, snow for the boys and making tunnels. And he goes, he go, I go, hey guys, how you doing? You staying warm? And the boys go, oh yeah, look, Grandpa made us a, um, Grandpa made us a, a tunnel. And he goes, yeah, guys, show him, show him. So they both jumped in the tunnel at the same time from 
opposite ends. And my dad goes, well, what are you doing that for, you dummies? And I said, well, that's my childhood. You got a little taste, boys. <laughs> that's it right there. What do you? The amount of times I was called a dummy horseback, I can't even count. Mm. Welcome well, to my childhood, welcome, boys. Welcome. Tunnels you know, with a, dummies. My first thing, it's amazing when you have children, you pick up on um, just how differently you do things from other parents. Sure. And um, so Shelly and I were changing Remy's diaper and, and I'm wiping her bottom and, you know, putting the nice little organic cream on her bottom so, you know, she has not going to breakouts and all this stuff, right? And it spot, I'm not going to name names, but we had friends that were in St. Louis who, through discussion, when we both had our first kids, somehow it got around to the fact that they only wiped their daughter when she pooped. And I remember the way my wife handled it. She goes, well, wait a second. You wipe when you go to the bathroom, right? When you just pee? She's like, oh, sure. yeah. So why don't you wipe your daughter? Right. Well, we just never really thought about it. Only thought we needed to clean it up when she pooped. Mm. Okay. Okay. Oh and Shelly goes, I bet that I bet that smells, I bet the yeast smells a little interesting down there. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Like nothing was wrong. Okay. Mm. Well, yeah. How's your day been? <laughs> Jeez, oh, man. Right? That's what I'm saying. It's a strange choice. That's <laughs> a bold strategy, Cotton. Wow. First thing for me today. So I saw this uh, 11 Warriors story that they tweeted out yesterday, and it was about how Ohio State added some coaching staff, uh, you know, analysts last week. And I wanted to share this because it's, it's since been deleted, but I thought because he did such a nice job of, you know, leading into the show for me yesterday that I would share this, this now deleted tweet from Bobby. And, uh... I here it is. We, me, in D semicolon D semicolon comma D semicolon comma X comma D Z D Z V Z D. So I wanted to share that from Bobby because I thought it was really yeah. articulate and made a good yeah. point. Yeah. You were you were crushing that and you just didn't have it up, Chopper. Did you? Were you just trying to get there, or did it something did it get popped lost? up on the screen of the oh. screenshot and it, it oh. covered it up? And then I had to go back, and yeah, then I found I it. Because you were ready, yeah, you were ready. The you setup were was perfect, yep. and then yep. that's why that's yeah. why you don't read things off your phone, kids. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Uh, number two for me, the next two about uh, third grade travel basketball. So we played in a tournament up in Jackson, Ohio, which is outside of Massillon, Ohio. And let me just tell you. That place is legit. <laughs> that place for basketball is legit. Dude, they had six gyms. Had there six we go. Gyms. There we go. It was Tech incredible. Tech I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. The focus, and they've won a couple of state championships, and of course, the alma mater of Kyle Young. But they are, that is a legit basketball program up there. My second thing, um, look, uh, reflecting strictly from Dublin, Ohio underwhelmed by the snowstorm that came through here. Severely underwhelmed. But anyway, sure. the amount of dog poop that's going to be in my yard, because there's no point in picking up when it's this cold because it's just rock hard, and you're really just picking up ice and sure. snow. So once this all melts someday in the future, the amount of turds I'm going to have to pick up is astonishing. I'm going to count them. <laughs> I'm going to count them for the people. Bunch of Rottweiler crap out in my yard. Buried in layers. No. My second thing, yesterday I talked about the show Detroiters, and I was watching some of the uh, later episodes yesterday. There's only two seasons of it, but I, I got through it all. And in the, I think it was the second to last episode, there's a guest star 
from Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's in this obscure, only lasted two seasons, Comedy Central show. And he, he shows up and he's he's furious because he can't hit uh, bowling pins with a football that he's playing at like some sort of <laughs> event. And it, he doesn't even appear in the same frame as the like main characters of the show. I think he just showed up to their set one day and filmed for an hour and then left. Very strange, but it makes me like it more because Jim Harbaugh, it just makes sense that he would do something like that. Pretty on brand. Number three for me. Um, so when I started coaching the nine-year-olds, um, the guy who runs a program, I said, well, what type of offense do you want to run? He kind of laughed at me like, what are you, you're not running offense for third graders. I thought, well, I don't know. Maybe we should run something that everybody's running throughout this, the program. And he goes, no third grade teams run uh, run offenses. Well, we played Jackson, and they, they, they run the Princeton offense. They also run the motion offense. And threes, <laughs> they also go a 3-2 half-court trapping press. Uh, they also can go a 1-3-1 one, one full-court press. And come to find out, that's all from the top. That they all run the same thing all the way through. Yeah. So when you're in these things, like there's a direct correlation between organization at the top and success that happens later on when it comes oh, to these programs. Absolutely. Yeah. When, when I was in, yeah, when I was in high school, all the schemes that we ran in high school, we were implementing all the way in the youth football leagues. Now, yeah. Animal it. used to have a little a little say tweaks. here and there and little tweaks. And Animal thought he could be D.C. head coach, principal, the whole thing. But anyway. Yeah. Um, my third thing, look, I've been doing it wrong, okay? Joe Buck was on the Colin Cowherd podcast and talks about how when he first started doing postseason games, he'd ask the runner to get the biggest beer in the stadium, and he would sip it from time to time doing a game, saying, I have to remind myself to relax, have fun, and you're just doing a game. You're not refueling an F-16 in mid-flight in the air. You're doing yeah. a sporting event. To where now it's gone that him and, and uh, Mr. Aikman have themselves a bourbon or some tequila during games, a nice little cocktail to, to relax the nerves. Oh, why didn't I think Fine of that? line there, Coach. Huh? No, there's not. What could go wrong? Maybe what we could should, go wrong? Maybe we should implement that idea. My last one, real right. quick. You know, I, the, I've been filling in on shows. You guys mentioned I'll be with uh, Man Job the rest of this week. Promotion. No, what I'm, saying is, what I'm saying is that means I've been working from home. And then the one day... That I'm coming into the office in three weeks is this morning with all the snow and the the level two snow emergency. It wasn't that bad actually, but I did have a little trouble getting my car out of the parking spot. I had to shovel in front of it. But I just thought that like, what's the you know the chances of that? The luck there. I can't wait to listen to you with man. What a I mean, what an elevation fun. for you, brother. My goodness, well, he's been doing it for two months. I know he's he like has. One filling. I know he show. has. Yeah. We don't even have him anymore. When's the last yeah. time we had chops for a full week? Well, it's been a long time before the wedding. Uh, we're back tomorrow. <laughs> Roth and Ice up next. Bishman Laurinaitis right here with the fam. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.